You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. Welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me today, as always, Harrison Hacksaw Pro and Kieran the Kingmaker Doyle. Say hello to everybody, folks. Hacksaw. Hello, friends. Yeah, I don't know. I keep, I, I always, I really like Kingmaker for Kieran, but I haven't really settled on one for you. I, ra- I rate it. I'm quite happy with Kingmaker. It's good. It's a great name. <laughs> we got to come up with a better one for Harrison, I think. I'm not sure about Hacksaw. Uh, there's already like a broadcast sort with, with Hacksaw, right? A baseball guy. I'm not sure. Like like the White Sox or something? No, that's Hawk Harrelson. He's what Hawk you're thinking Harrelson of. might be what I'm thinking of, yeah. There's a shout-out yeah. to Mike. A little shout-out to Mike there. He'll love that. Speaking of baseball, uh, Kieran, who's going to win the World Baseball Classic tonight? The United States of America or Japan? Um, I was really hoping that they were going to let – I don't. so first off, I don't know anything about baseball except for that Shohei Otani. There's that meme of like – Every time I look at the baseball score, Shohei Otani has done something that like hasn't been done since like old Tungsten Arm Lewis in 1921. And Mike Trout had six home runs and they lost 12-6. So I was hoping that Otani was going to pitch, but he's not. Uh, So I will say that the U.S. is going to win. It's an all-time great baseball tweet. Probably the the greatest of all baseball tweets, except for uh, Andrew... um, (laughs) <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon uh, tweeting furries every once in a while, which is just a thing he tweets every once in a while whenever he sees a furry. You can look it up. Uh, okay. And that, that, that went there. We went there. Yeah. No, it's true. He does. And then he usually has a very good game after. It, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Foolish Baseball made a really good video about that on, on YouTube if you uh, have access to that website and enjoy baseball and fun videos. Uh, Harrison. See. Japan or America. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Japan. Okay, because I'm Amer- you know American, and you know uh, I feel like uh, me picking America is a misstep. Uh, also, I kind of agree with the Otani take that he's just kind of amazing and does everything. I mean, even scored didn't he? He was the one that scored the winning run uh, against Mexico, I believe. He scored the tying run. I believe tying run. Okay, yeah, okay. He, yeah. he led off the inning with a with a, with a beautiful the- double into the gap. There yeah. was a John Boy. There was a John Boy video today about how the guy who was pinch running behind him was like so fast. He's like, "Watch!" He's like, "Here, Shohei gets in right now, and then watch how quickly the guy behind him gets in." What a yeah. runner! So he was fast. He was. He, he was. <laughs> I think he was just there to do that one thing, and and it came up. They like, uh, well, if someone else hits into the gap, like we're going to score this guy, and, and and well done, well done to the Japanese uh, baseball squad for their uh, advancement to the uh, World Baseball Classic final. By the way, World Baseball Classic, 
fantastic. I've loved it. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I've really enjoyed all these games I've watched. And uh, the crowds are crazy, and uh, I don't know what what they got to do to bottle this back up and get it to Major League Baseball. But but that is that is some 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 really entertaining stuff. I, I think I we should it. have pinch runners in behind in soccer. Dominic yeah. Duro playing till he is 45. You just oh, want some to kind of like take. love it. You just want someone to kind of like run along the sideline and like you could just kind of swap in, like just like yeah, go yeah, in. yeah, exactly. And then like they they take their touch and then they like swap with somebody better. Just swap out, just so it comes in. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what do you think will happen? Okay, here's a, here's a good open ended hypothetical soccer kind of question for you. Who would who would benefit the most in Major League Soccer from having like soccer or hockey like line changes or whatever, where you just like, all right, pull up. Pull, pull five guys, get them in what, for like what 20 team? minutes. Yeah. LAFC. So oh. Yeah, I don't know. So somebody, I can't remember who tweeted this. Like, in a, It was like a serious discussion piece was there. I th- it might have been somebody from StatsBomb, but they were saying like, we think that five subs is going to lead to coaches coaching this way, where they're going to be like, way more aggressive with their presses and stuff like that because they can sub out both wing backs and their whole front three and everyone can still press. So I'm going to say Red Bull uh, is my answer. Well, that's that's a good one. Or St. Louis. I feel like St. Louis have been really good with their subs. We haven't talked about them at all. I can't wait for them to come up on the wheel. We can, we can talk about St. Louis for a few minutes if you want just because they're such a historically good Major League Soccer team. Let's talk. I want to talk about St. Louis because I think they've earned it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you make your own luck. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Uh, (laughs) Here's my question, Harrison. Do you make your own luck in sport? Uh, Yes and no. Correct. Kieran, do you make your own luck in sport? Only in the circumstances of when you are yelling at Kip Keller to play you a back pass, knowing that you were there to intercept it. (laughs) Also correct. Uh, no, uh, all jokes aside, uh, St. Louis, I think definitely uh, surprising everyone. I did not have them 4-0 uh, with this many goals. Uh, Joe Klaus, maybe very good. No no reason to believe that. Listen, I want to get, if any St. Louis people listen to this, which I don't know, maybe. I think we got one St. Louis fan in the Discord. Very nice, nice person. Don't go! Don't do the the, the Austin thing that that you doubted us. Th- we don't. We didn't know who you were. We weren't familiar with your game. That that Shaq meme or whatever. Sorry. Okay. We didn't. We didn't know what you were gonna do. What are we supposed to guess? You know. Where are we gonna come? Out? Who's gonna pick you to win the league? Well, St. Louis has had amazing numbers. There's nothing. There's no reason. Like they've come out of the gate and done everything well. It's not like Austin, where they took a first season, didn't nail all their DPS, had really suspect defense. And we were like, mm, could these guys be better next year? Not could these guys win the league. Right now, we're all talking. Maybe St. Louis could win this league. Maybe, maybe, maybe they come out of the out of the gate. Maybe they do that. Maybe they win the shield. That's crazy, but crazier things have happened. It's sports. It's weird. Expansion oh, teams yeah. are weird in MLS. Can't have crazier I, things happened. I know. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think a crazier thing in MLS. Well, I guess the fire won MLS Cup, but that was different. That's true. That's true. There were like eight teams. I don't think there's crazy. I think. Yeah, I think you're crazy. There's been crazier things in MLS. It's MLS. My God. 
maybe maybe like sing, maybe like single events, but over the course of a season, I think it would be like I would say it's more likely that they win MLS Cup than it is that they win Supporter Shield. Yeah, but in no time has an expansion club had more money and more resources given to them to start a season than they so have. This, and not so only this, that, but they've had two years, which to be perfectly honest, I think they have more lead time than any other MLS team. And that's not to say that they've that that's an unfair advantage or anything. They've made the most of their resources. They've done that whole designated team meme that we kind of did kind of scoff at at the beginning, or at least I did. Um Yes. Is a real thing. It's a real thing. They've done a hell of a job putting this team together and they took advantage of the time and the resources that have been allocated to them. So this, I think, is one of the the things that I've been that's been most fascinating to me is that I think the the like common take on St. Louis was we don't really know anything about any of their designated players because they're all other than Roman Berkey, because they're all Tam guys. Like they, they have a team, like we always talk about this, how uh, MLS needs to focus less on roster spots one to three and more on roster spots three to 11. And they're like, that is their roster. Like their whole team mm. is TAM players. Um, I think the, the interesting thing is what Harrison says in terms of they've used their resources really well in terms of the, the extra resources that are afforded to expansion teams, but they haven't used them the same way the teams before them have, right? Like Montreal, or not Montreal, sorry, Miami and Atlanta and Charlotte and all these teams were like throwing the allocation money in trades, like just big trade, big trade, big trade, but like overpaying in most, if not all of the trades. And where I think we look at, um, we look at St. Louis, like the Tim Parker deal, I think we all looked at and we're like, okay, he hasn't been very good for Houston. He makes a lot of money. But then you look at the trade and it's like, well, okay, they're actually getting Houston to take a bunch of the salary back. And then because they're trading them allocation money, like they're turning TAM, which can only be used for very specific purposes, effectively into GAM, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, so it was like a, an interesting little like, league mechanisms trade where I think we all kind of looked at it and we're like, well, they got the Euro guy. He's not going to know MLS and they're signing all these Euro guys who aren't going to have adapted to MLS. And it just really hasn't been that. What I'll say on the flip side in terms of like, oh, we doubted them is like, well, we did kind of look at the MLS next data and like they weren't that good in MLS next team. And okay. Yes. A lot of those players are not the same players, but a lot of them are. Like Ostrak played in Next Pro, Berkey played in Next Pro, uh, Lowen played in Next Pro, uh, and like these guys look amazing now and did not look, did not look like productive players playing against like guys who are not in the league this year. So I think like the doubt was fine, and I think it's cool that they're like, no, we are doing our own thing, and they're very cohesive and like. I when I if I'm picking a neutral game to watch, I've picked St. Louis every single weekend so far. Um, so long may it continue in my eyes. I think there's a um, okay. I'm going to talk about a sport. I'm going to compare this to something that I want to be clear. Literally, no idea what I'm talking about. So if this is factually incorrect, I apologize. But there's this sport called hockey, which I think you've heard of. 
Um, and I remember they, there was an expansion team, I think it was Las Vegas. Were they the ones that were really, really good? I yeah, they made, the, they made yes, the final yes. their first year, I think. And yeah. I, this is just something, again, I read in a tweet. Uh, so may not be true at all. I don't know. But I, I remember reading somebody's analysis of that team saying, like, what they did was they went out and they got, like, every team's best second-line player. Yes. And put them into one team. And so, like, their team was better than, like, two-thirds of the other team, like, right out of the gate because of that. Because they had all the best second-line players in the league that kind of came over there. And I wonder if there's, like, some sort of... I don't know that that exact strategy maps one-to-one, but that kind of feels like the sort of roster build maybe St. Louis went for, which proved that it worked in hockey, so maybe it could work in soccer. Again, no idea what I'm talking about. No, I, I can see it. Like, I think one of the things that we don't talk about, and especially because like we're, we're all fairly numbers-oriented people, like I think one of maybe the fair criticisms of like analytics as a monolith mm-hmm. is that we can be somewhat dismissive of like soft factors in squad building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, absolutely. I was talking to somebody about um, the Beckham, like the book about Beckham with the galaxy in preparation for this. And um, like Beckham making so much more than all of his teammates was like a legitimate squad friction thing yeah. because he, because he didn't even pick up his, paychecks like he didn't even because he's like who cares he didn't pick up his pay stubs or whatever so when you have a squad now where it's like no there's like 10 guys who make a million five there's another five guys who make seven eight hundred k like you have fewer minimum earners versus like whatever insigne is walking into training with his bi-weekly paycheck of a million dollars <laughs> and then you have guys who it's like two thousand dollars or whatever like Maybe maybe that's a thing where they're like, yeah, you know what? I will press for that guy. I will cover the yards that Klaus doesn't cover or whatever. There's a very like – I remember reading that there was an article. I think it was in The Athletic that talked about – it was something I was always very interested in finding out was that you know that when they have that big salary release date, which is very unusual where everybody just puts it all out there um, – you know, some players talked about like, no, that's a, that's a really bad day in the locker room. Usually, <laughs> like, we don't like that day because like you see it and you start going like, he's making how much more than me, and he did what last week, and I've been working so much harder in training. So yeah, that stuff really does matter. And and you are right, that is something that, that as numbers people, I, I I tend to just be very dismissive of. But like, maybe like the vibes are just really good in St. Louis, and we just need to figure out a way to kind of like uh, actually. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we can find like a, a very like. Um, like a salary sort of uh, spreadsheet where we just kind of figure out like your range and things like that and who falls in the range. And if that has any sort of uh, pressing metric or anything like that, that would be really uh, interesting to look into. Oh, uh, like a, like standard deviation of salary versus X points <laughs> or, or versus like attacking third pressures or something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do want to pr- point out and I haven't yet to hear anybody else talk about this, but Joshua Yarrow subbed in uh, against Austin as a forward. Just throwing that out. It's been I mean, a long time since we've seen did him. Did he really? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was, you know, close the game off type thing or. I would assume so. Yeah. But, but maybe, still, maybe. still, I think it, I, I just, yeah. Anyways. Makes you think. Was, uh, nice to have him back in the league. I mean, that's maybe he's sure. a mad genius. Like maybe that is just what we're like. We've got our first just mad genius coach here in major league soccer. There's nothing in his resume that would lead me to believe that, but we can only look at what's in front of us and, and maybe he's just thinking good. They do seem to press very well. Like, like they are, 
um, you know, the teams are just giving it to them. Like, yeah, they've gotten a few lucky goals, but they've scored a lot more goals than just lucky ones. And like, you look at their underlying numbers and they're like fourth in the league and XGD, like they're not, this isn't, this isn't an Austin situation where you're going like, this isn't going to last. Like they've given no reason to think it won't. Um, you know, I do worry because I do think at some point, you know, you are going to go through a bad run of form. I don't think they're a team that's going to go all, you know, 34 and 0 or whatever. Like, but and like that can be hard for a new team. You know, like hitting that first rough patch can be like, ugh, that, that reality check can be tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're fun to watch. They, they've got a, got a crazy uh, Brazilian guy with a German name that's like really tall, but like really good with his feet. And um, a lot of these collections of like, oh, that guy from MLS and they're, they're putting together a great round of form. So go, my, go my, Lulu or whatever they call themselves. The city. Yeah, the city, all caps though. Oh, we're not. No, we're not. Never mind. I don't like that all caps thing. No, I hope they lose because of that all caps thing. I forgot about that. I'll say the, the thing that I'm like most impressed by so far is they are doing lots of like little smart team things. Like they mm-hmm. make their subs really early. Yes. Like they are not they are not a team who the game is ending and they've made two of five subs. And we know like making subs is a good thing. Um they're very decent on set pieces. They <clears throat> even you listen to um I think his name's Bradley Carnell, so I hope that's not yes, wrong. That's correct. Um yep. You listen to him talk, and the things he's talking about are very intentional. Like he's talking about yeah, in preseason, we didn't concede over one XG against in any of the games we played. Like, we're very happy with defensively how we set up in preseason. And then you hear him talking about the passback thing. And as much as it's, like, funny because it is hilarious, he's like, well, you know, okay, some of it's chance. Because at the same time, you have to think a lot of teams play with build-up patterns. If you deny their ability to reset the build-up pattern with a center back or with a goalkeeper, does that throw a wrench and it's like, okay, is that back? Is that kind of filling in the narrative backwards? Maybe, but you don't really hear that from a lot of other coaches. Um, and like, he's an ex Red Bull guy back when Red Bull were mm-hmm. better. So I don't know, just like there's enough smart things going on there. Not a, like the player recruitment side is kind of whatever, but directly on pitch that I'm, if you told me in three years that like, they made the playoffs three years in a row and we're like Nashville West. I don't know who's more West of those. My U.S. geography is off. But if they were Nobody like knows. Nashville Wester, uh, <laughs> I would I would believe you. You know, I, I've said this on this show probably a hundred times and I think it applies here too, which is that it's. I, you know, people often say like, it's better to be lucky than good, but I, you know, I've added, but it's best to be both. And St. Louis has been both lucky and good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's not, it's okay to be lucky. <laughs> Especially yeah, absolutely. If been good to back it up. Um, and so, well, I don't think they're going to win every game four nil from here on out, three nil from here on out. Um, there, there's enough foundation there that like, I, like, I kind of tweeted this the other day. It's just like, I don't know if I'm ready to just like crown them as like a, a playoff contender or a uh, potential like supporter shield contender or, or MLS cup winner or anything like that. But I am willing to say like their floor was a lot higher than I thought it was like a lot, lot. 
Well, going back to the whole luck thing, I think that's the problem that uh, a lot of Austin fans kind of mistook it for. We're not saying being lucky is bad. I don't think anyone is saying being lucky is bad. That's obviously a good thing. The problem is, is assuming that luck is going to be consistent. That's the problem, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's some things that they, I mean, as Kieran pointed out, right? uh, They had some struggles against Austin and both early subs and early parts of the game, and then early subs to kind of change the the facet of uh, their tactics. They're they're re- very realistic about what their situation is as a team and trying to make those changes to make their team better. Um, yeah, instead of doing the same thing and consistently being no, we're just really good, and yeah. ignoring those telltale signs of hey, these are indicators that maybe we aren't up to our best self. That's, I mean, going back to what you said, is it, yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. make your own luck, right? Like, yes, yeah. to an extent you do with decisions like that, right? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we were not planning on doing a deep dive on St. Louis this week. We do have two teams to get through this week uh, as well. We had to take last week off, unfortunately. Um, but we are, uh, so so we're going to, we're going to leave St. Louis and we're going to get to the, the Los Angeles Galaxy, which is uh, who you heard is a uh, role on the wheel of fandom last time. And uh, also off camera, which there are no cameras, so everything we do is off camera. Off off microphone, I guess, is a better way to describe it. We also uh, <laughs> rolled it and got the Columbus crew. So we're going to try to cover both them a little bit this week. Uh, let's start out west with the Los Angeles Galaxy. I personally looked at this team and thought, well, that's a good team. And so far, not so good. Um what what's been going wrong early in the season for these guys? Is it just Chicharito missing? Is that is that is that it, or or or, or did we miss something when we were kind of looking at this uh, and all these people that kind of had them high up in their 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 preseason power rankings and their predictions? Like, what are they missing? Yeah, I think I think they're in a weird spot where the talent is maybe less cohesive than we thought it was last year. Um. And like the the biggest thing is that they're trying to play a four three three, and all of their wingers are horrific. Yeah, there's just no production there. And like at least last year, um, Cabral and the other winger whose name that I'm blanking on, they Costa. waved. Uh, no, not Douglas Costa. The other guy. This is a great radio. Um, but Douglas Costa as well because he because he hasn't played at all. But at least last year, like their their wide players were like not great, but they were okay. Um, and I think this year, like Tyler Boyd hasn't given them anything yet. Efra playing wide hasn't given them anything yet. Memo playing wide is like not the one for me. I don't really like it. And I think the thing if I was going to put my hat on something and say like, I think they'll end up being fine is that Brugman and Delgado are still like mm-hmm. exceptional, like exceptional. I love both of them as players and the output is still real. Uh, Ricky Pooge has not had a great year so far, but there were like green shoots against the Whitecaps this weekend. Like he scored a goal that ended up being called offside because Jovic was offside for the cutback. Uh, he like has gotten a couple box shots. He's been much more involved in final third things. So like it's coming together maybe. Um, 
but we'll see where it goes. The other note is like they got to stop with this pink goalkeeper kit. It is the ugliest goalkeeper kit yeah, in the set of five. <laughs> don't yeah. do it anymore. I mean, that's analytics one on one for you right there. It's just it looks terrible. And like if you you gotta you gotta look good and feel good to play good. You know, I think Dion said that. And are we gonna doubt Dion Sanders? We should not. Um, yeah, you know the funny thing about um, like. You look at one like they've done such a poor job bringing in guys over the last like that's been their hallmark. You know when you look at the Los Angeles Galaxies, you just see like a bunch of bad signings. Like Costa was like a bummer, and and Cabral, like you said, like I you know I think probably was just you know just not a great signing. A lot of these French guys, like uh, you could go like read uh, Sean Stefan did a, a really good season preview on them if you want to read about all the very weird foibles of their front office and their poor networks for scouting and their poor networks for player recruitment and how they mainly use agents. And like, that's why you see this kind of one stable of guys coming. But then you look at a guy like Brugeman who has just been phenomenal. Um, and I, I guess like you're kind of a, a Toronto fan. Like, is this a Greg Vanny team yet? Like, has he gotten his ingredients yet to, to do what he wants to do? Last year, I would have said Yes. Because I think the way they played last year, the way they attacked in possession, was very, uh, it, it was very Toronto. It was like Vanny's big thing is he wants to play diagonally. He wants to play your left back gets the ball. He finds the six. The six finds the eight in the opposite half space. The eight creates the 2v1 with the winger on the opposite fullback. And then you get cutbacks, you get crosses, you get shots. And we saw a lot of that last year. Uh, admittedly, it was a little bit weird. The winger I was thinking of, by the way, was Samuel Grantsier. Um, oh, I can't believe um, I forgot Samuel Grantsier. There's yeah, such an no impact idea. player. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what he's doing now, but he's gone. Um, but I, the, this is the thing, is I think now, like, you look at it, you need impactful wide players to play that way. And I look at how they play this year, and the midfield three still mostly does their thing. But now they're not really getting that production from the wide players. And with um, the uh, with Araujo going to Barca at the last minute too, which is like, <laughs> what are you supposed to do from a recruitment standpoint? Like you're just, you're getting nothing when you play wide. And you can see when you watch them, like you watch the SKC game, where they take like two shots and get a shot 30 to two or 30 to three, they get loads of like moments in transition where they get into the final third and midfielders breaking, or maybe Jovlich has done something holding the wall up. And there's just no numbers to join him. There's no third runner. There's no wide player joining the attack. So to me, like I look, I'm like, is this the way Vanny plays? No. And like, we've talked kind of, uh, about do they just go three five two so they can play Jovich and Chicharito together, and now they've right. got another fullback today in this Argentinian guy. I'm like they have to. There's no way they can yes. because they, yes. they, I just don't see it. Well, and it all right. It's really easy to point it right at the at the wingers because that's the obvious part. But going back to Ricky Puig, uh, the issue with him has been that he's just not the impact player he was. Like he, he still had good moments. It's not as if he's lived underneath, you know, a, a rock in the middle of the field and not been effective. He's had good moments, but he's not nearly as consistently like 
making these huge running uh, dribbles upfield and progressing the ball and finding these uh, amazing passes to put people into space. He's just not the same level of impact player that he was last year at this time. Now, that's not to say that he won't be, but it's definitely when you look at where this team's at, the defense isn't the issue. I mean, that's surprising to say, considering we're talking about the LA Galaxy, but the defense really isn't the issue. The issue is their attack. And yeah, that has something to do with their wingers. Uh, it has something to do with uh, Jovalich just not being the same impact. But I think that there's some other ongoing mesh things that Kirian already touched on with uh, with getting everybody on the same page. But Ricky Pouge just needs to be more him. Like whatever they were doing last year to bring that out, they need to bring it. They need him out there because this is this is a team that suddenly is devoid of a super of a superstar that has very much functioned with one person on the field taking over, whether that's, you know, uh, whether that's been Ibrahimovic, whether that's been Chicharito, it's. They've relied on one single guy basically turning the tides. And that one guy now is kind of nowhere to be found. He's still playing well, but he's not the impact level. And that's just, that's what I'm seeing. One of the things I think with uh, Ricky Pooch, and listen, people that are listening, we're going off the MLS media guide. It says Ricky Pooch. That's what it says. That's what we're going to say. Pooch. 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 Ricky Pooch. Ricky. Yeah. Pooch. Ricky Pooch. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Presumably they asked him and that's what he said. I'm, I'm just going to go with it. Um, Windage? The, you know, Chicharito, one of the best things he does, I think, uh, throughout his career is that he makes really, really good runs. Um, and I think that there was a good connection between Pooch and Chicharito. So maybe, you know, Yovelik uh, just isn't that same kind of striker. I, I don't know. I wonder if, you know, he kind of needs his guy. Like, uh, when we talked to to Mike last year, when he came on, and talked about recruitment. You know, he said it's silly to like go get a striker if you don't have someone to get him the ball, and it's silly to go get a guy that can throw make these great balls if you don't have the guy that can make that run um, to be on the end of them. And so, um, I don't know. Is there anything to that? You think that maybe Chicharito just really does fix this in that sense, just makes Ricky Pooch like a more productive player. It's definitely part of it. Like I, th- I think. It's more the the combination of movements. Like Chicharito is a deceptively good passer. Um, so like I think you're seeing and not just not just Pooj, you're, you're seeing it with the wingers as well, who are like getting less because Jovic is not a great passer. He has a really nice cutback against Vancouver that he ends up being just offside for, but like he is very much like old school get in the box, go score goals, and I don't do a ton else with my game. Um but I think, like, broadly, Chicharito doing more is very, very helpful. I think the the real thing with Chicharito that is the most helpful is he's just a demon for running in behind. Like, he's making runs off the back shoulder of center backs. And, like, he probably buys you – this is a uh, – there is no research behind this. But he probably buys you an extra, like, seven to ten yards – of room in midfield to play in because teams are just, he's not even that fast anymore, but he's just like constantly darting in behind off your shoulders. I'm like mimicking that movement. I know this is an audio medium, but I'm like, <laughs> top of my shoulders around. I know exactly what you, I have it in my head. Exactly <laughs> yeah. how you're doing it too. 
So he, like, he's just that kind of movement is so, so like Joseph in Atlanta, like Pete Joseph in Atlanta yeah, bought everyone else so much room because he's just constantly darting off people's shoulders. And like Joseph was never good getting it to feet in front of the back line, but that constant, like, okay, where am I? I'm, I'm behind you. You're scanning. Okay. Well, maybe you're going to drop three yards because I made this run. And like, Delgado got it facing forward. He didn't play this time, but maybe you will the next time. And now everybody just has a little bit more space to do their thing. And like, as much as we're like, oh, whoa, is me. This is disaster. They're like, I don't know. They're like minus 0.5 XGD or something like that through three games. Like they're f- And it's mostly it's because okay. of the attack. Yeah, the defense is like not great. Like I think if you scale up, because they've played a game less because of the, of the weather cancellation. Right they're like still like bottom three in the West or something like that for actually conceded. Uh, like the Dallas That's, game was like pretty rough. Um, but it's like, it's early. It's we're talking about three games of yeah. sample size. And, and I, I will say that. And again, I'm a Greg Vanny apologist cause I've seen him do very good work, but like the guy had to be president, sporting director, coach, manager, VP of sales, for all of preseason because their executives all get suspended until the summer. So like I am a little bit sympathetic to him, maybe not having been able to do his best work in preseason. I, I, yeah, I think that's a really great, that's a really good point first off. And I think second off, I I think the injury to Jonathan Bond probably also changes the dynamic with putting, I don't, I, I really don't think Jonathan Klinsman is going to be a huge game changer as a as a keeper. Well, yeah, because um, so, they're both terrible. Right. And so I, I was actually going to ask you, if you have somebody like, let's just throw out, I know we all pick on Austin, so let's continue doing so. If you throw <laughs> out Brad Stuver on this defense, this defense is suddenly a whole lot better. Right. And so I, 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 I use that as a as kind of a framework for if you upgrade one piece and right here, they're upgrading Raheem Edwards on the left back spot, right? With their new signing. So, I mean, if they're upgrading just one spot and they go to a back five, three center backs, uh, they're able to hide a little bit more with that, with that keeper, per, perhaps maybe that's, that's yeah. the thought process. Yeah. I, again, that might be the thought process. They might think, like one of the real benefits you get out of playing in a three is if you have center backs who aren't amazing passers in a back four, it's a lot easier to to progress the ball through your center backs on the outside of a three. Um, like you'll see people uh, like mm-hmm. on soccer Twitter will call it like the back three tax. So if you buy a center back who plays predominantly on the outside of a three and your team plays a four, they're probably not going to look as great. Um and I think like someone like Mavinga, who is a little bit, let's say, marauding, mm-hmm. like, yeah. will benefit from playing in a three. I think Caceres is the same. Yes. And yeah. I think you look at someone like Jalen Neal, who like Jalen Neal does not pass the ball. Like he's, again, he is 20 or 19. He has played 200 senior minutes of soccer ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like half of that is for the U.S. Men's National Team, which is kind of weird. Um but he doesn't pass the ball. That's just like not a thing he does. So like if you plant him in the middle of the three and you're like, okay, just defend. That's all you got to do. And Caceres and Mavinga will do all the passing stuff. That's he a pretty actually, good platform. 
He had he didn't have a bad. He had a couple of diagonals of field. Uh, I will say that that weren't bad. Yeah, he's like fine. He's like fine. Like he's for a defensive center back. Like we talked about this sure. two weeks ago about the the archetype of Chad Marshalls and Jackson Reagans. Like he's fine. He's which for a homegrown twenty year old is like basically all you can ask for is that they're yeah. fine. Agreed. Yeah. No. That's 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 fair. Jalen Neal, fine. The American Soccer Analysis Show. Uh, he's nineteen. I mean, he's nineteen. Yeah. You know, uh, you lo- I love seeing these younger guys come through like that. that that's really, really cool. Um, I think one guy that that uh, has disappointed, like you mentioned, when I was speaking of young talents, is uh, Alvarez has been less than he was. Um, is is that just like a a positional thing? Like, what, what's going on with Alvarez? I don't know. He I, I, so like I've maybe been more lukewarm on him than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he's not been he's been pretty bad this year. I, I don't know. I just I, I look at him and like I don't know what position he like if if you're like, OK, Kieran, I want you to imagine five years now from from now. Efren Alvarez is 25. He's a consistent starter wherever he's playing. Like, what does his role look like? I have no idea. Like, is he... Because last year he played, like, a bunch of sub-striker minutes. Uh, Sometimes he plays as, like, a winger, but he's, like, not super athletic. Like, I don't really see him creating advantages that way. He's an eight. You think so? Like, I just don't see... I don't see the defensive work to play him as an eight. Like, he... I I don't think... He's he's a luxury eight. Like, I will totally totally give you that. But I think that with his footwork, I think he belongs in the middle of the field. He just doesn't have enough speed to play out wide. And I think he's crafty enough to where he can can work progressing the ball really well. But I think that he definitely has to have a strong number six beside him. Um, Yeah. I think he'd be a number eight. That's my thought is process. Is he more maybe? Is he more maybe of like a shadow striker type that we don't really see anybody play that position? In that's, yeah, that's the one I see. Is like hmm. he's like an old school ten, like the like MLS two point oh ten, who right. like sits and hmm. like doesn't really move. Like I think they used to call it an enganch or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, um, yes. Like we're going into the football manager rules. Yeah, it's so like because like, <laughs> like he he can legit pass, and there is like real shot creating production. Like those are the two things that you look at, and it's like no, that is real. He gets shots for himself, and he can move the ball forward and into the box. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just don't think that that like where is he going to find that? Like it's not going to be the galaxy probably. Is I don't know. Maybe maybe he's like you bring him off the bench all the time as a striker, as a winger. And you like, cause if you play three, five, two, like you can do, or if you play a back three, like maybe you're playing three, four, three and he's like a 10 underneath a striker. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's maybe I could see that. Yeah. I I could see it. You know what? That's not a bad call, especially as we were talking about earlier about coaches changing the way that they're doing substitutions and, different players playing larger roles, especially now that there's five subs, right? You could play him 40 minutes every single week in a more of, and I hate the super, I hate talking about super subs, but being a game changer in the, okay, now we're going to migrate our, our formation and our tactics in this capacity. And we're going to put him on to do that. Right. And those certain games that would make a lot of sense. It's it's kind of a cringy thing, but John Herdman has this thing where he talks about we don't have starters and subs, we have starters and finishers. 
and not finish like, like scoring that, yeah. goals, but like we finish games. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is like for him, maybe an interesting role. I also think there's maybe an interesting spot for like, if Pooj can't play, like I think Bruin yeah. and Delgado probably do enough defending. You could maybe carry him as a third midfielder. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we got to move out uh, more centrally, I guess. Uh, not all the way out east. And let's let's talk a little bit about a team that's kind of having a similar disappointing start to the year. I think there were some um, high hopes, uh, you know, uh, for the Columbus crew. Cucho came in last year, was played like a house on fire. It was just scoring every week, uh, you know, looked like the, the next big thing. Uh, Caleb Porter's gone. We're bringing in, you know, a guy that many people, uh, I think Kieran included here, talked about this last year, was, you know, the best manager in the league last year with Montreal yes. um, and Nancy. And so far it has gone very terribly. Uh, has it gone terribly or have they just been a little bit weak in some areas? Their underlying numbers are terrible. Well, okay, that's <laughs> fair. Yes, you are correct. In the uh, in the as as an analytics podcast, yes, they have been terrible from an analytical perspective. Their, their but, XGD is the fifth worst in the league right now. But one thing that you know, with the uh, with the article that we did for the preseason preview that Elliot wrote, was they just haven't returned. Uh, they only had about two thirds of their team return, right? And then they didn't fill in any of those spots. So a lot of what they've been doing is bringing a lot of these young players up and seeing how they perform and kind of looking around at the same time thinking, okay, what areas do we really need to fill at this point in time? Instead of immediately going in and filling these spots, they've allowed Nancy to kind of take over, see what type of youth they have and what type of program and players they have at their disposal and then make some changes. And I think from that perspective, I think I'm maybe a little bit more uh, uh, positive about where Columbus is at versus where LA Galaxy are at. I feel like there's a lot more um, a lot more upward mobility that this team has than the Galaxy. But I mean, Kieran will probably come in and, and point out all the reasons why I'm wrong. No, I, I, I'm actually like quite positive. So like, so here's some like numbers that I think are interesting. So even though they have the second worst XGD in the East, mm-hmm. the entirety of that total is just the Union game, the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're minus two point six XG in that game, and then the rest of the season they're minus point two, and they concede two penalties in that game. So I think once you strip penalties out, they're like yeah. they're like minus one ish on the season, minus one point two on the season, which would have them where Orlando or Miami are. Um, it's like, okay, fine. Uh, the second, or like where the galaxy are. Um, the second is like, yeah, like you said, Harrison, they lost a ton of their minutes. So five of their six top G plus earners from 2022 didn't come back. They lost a third of their total minutes. Like you said, like you said, and their only additions were draft picks, the promotion of Columbus two guys, uh, the legend that is Jimmy Madronda in free agency. Hell yeah. And Christian Ramirez uh, from Scotland, I think, was where he was before. But he was mm-hmm. of Minnesota and Houston before that. Uh, and I don't think he's played yet. Um, so, like, it's gloomy, but it's like week it's like week four gloomy. Not like yeah. 
real gloomy, I don't think. And some of these young kids look pretty good. Uh, Philip Quinton in the back line looks decent. Uh, Aiden Morris, I think, has gotten a lot of plaudits so far. Like, there's, 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 there's reason for optimism. I'm a homer, obviously, but the two that I'm super into are Mo Farsi at right wing back. Yeah. Who Mo Farsi was so good in CPL for Cavalry, who are the team based out of Calgary. And he like had contract offers to make him one of the highest paid players in CPL. He gambled on himself to go play for Columbus too. And like destroyed next pro last year. I think he had the second highest G plus in the league. Behind the other player who I'm really into, who's Jason Russell Rowe, um, <laughs> yeah. who just like you're talking about like a striker built in a lab for G plus to like is he just runs in behind and he gets shots in the box and he's a really, really good final third passer. He makes really good decisions about am I taking the shot myself? Am I squaring it for a teammate? Am I playing a little through ball for somebody else? Like he's come on as a sub. So Orlando have played a back three, or uh, Columbus have played a 3-4-3 this year, which is how Nancy played in Montreal. And he's come on underneath a striker a lot, which is not something I had in his locker. Uh, And he's been, like, interesting. Um, So I think, like, Nancy's, like, big job in Montreal was to overturn, like, a pretty old roster and make them young and, like, build from there. And if we're talking about his job in Columbus so far, it's the same deal because Caleb Porter's team was old as anyone. And like, they're much, much younger. Like Philip Quinton got kind of roasted against TFC. He like got a yellow card for tackling Richie Larea with his face. Um, (laughs) But like, they're young. Tackles in this sport. And I, I do know, (laughs) (laughs) but they're, but they're young. Like they're, they're not young everywhere. Like Eloy room is still playing games and I don't really understand why. Like I would just play Patrick Schulte, who was really good in X pro last year. And like room maybe has some questionable personality traits that I wouldn't want in a locker room that I was rebuilding, but not my locker room. Um, So it's, it's tough. I will say the biggest green flag for me is that Nancy much in the way that he turned Georgie into like a legitimate superstar. Like Georgie was one of the five best players in MLS last year, got sold for $10 million or whatever it was, has been quite good for Ozed before he got hurt. Zeller Ryan looks nasty for Columbus yeah. and G plus yeah. likes him now. So like, you know, he's actually playing well because he looked nasty. <laughs> G plus hated him and he looked nasty and now it likes him and he looks even better. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, what about uh, Kucho? Like, uh, what, what's going on there? Drop the take, Harrison. No, I, I'm, okay. I said beforehand, I said, I think that he might be kind of bad. And th- uh, that's that. That's not the full scope of, that was the short synopsis uh, before we started rolling <laughs> that I'm sure I'm going to get roasted for. But here's the deal. I don't think that he's necessarily bad as a player. I think he's probably very good. I think that he probably does some things that I don't a value and B I don't think that he's necessarily hit the top speed yet. He scored a lot of goals, but a lot of goals that he scored last season, I felt um, he's the Austin of strikers. He's probably really good, 
but also there's some th- there's some holes there to his game. Oh, no. Sorry, there you go. There's your soundbite. There's your soundbite. You just savage two fan bases that hate each other at the same time. It's incredible. Oh my god! Wow. Oh my god. Uh, you can know. find Harrison on Twitter at Harrison <laughs> underscore Crow. <laughs> this is like where it, normally it's the employer saying that or the employees saying that my views do not represent the views of my employer but this time it's the other way <laughs> Harrison's views do not represent uh, no uh, I know what you're saying that's, that's never been the, that's always been the case uh, ASA has always been like eh, we don't know about him but uh, it's okay we keep him around as a mascot Hey, you so, know, anyone that wants to get on here and talk probably can. The, uh, no, it's uh, true. I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're getting at. No, and th- this is the thing is like, you're not wrong about some of it. Like, <laughs> you no, know, no. So I, I, so I no, went fair, to yeah. see, I went to see TFC play Columbus for TFC's home opener. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to write notes. And the last note that I wrote is, Small sample size, but Cucho just doing nothing for shots and nothing with like seven O's. And so I went and I looked at some Y Scout stuff and I like looked at some numbers and like through three games, he's not even at next G yet. Through three games, he's taken 13 shots, which is a lot, but they're all outside the box. Yes. He has an X per shot of like 0.05. And last year, he didn't have a very good X per shot either. Correct. So, I get like, I totally get what you're saying. And I think this is one of the things that's going to be a really difficult job for Nancy is Kujo's bounced around a lot. He was like kind of in the, the Pozzo family of clubs. Like he was at Watford. He was at Katafe. He's been around the block. Is he maybe a bit of a Joseph character who's was reportedly difficult to manage coming in? I don't know. But he is in a place where, like, he does lots of things that are not helpful to his game. Like, I was watching, there were sequences of possession where, like, Columbus would play through the press. The wide center back would, like, look into the front line. And instead of having Cucho, who is very quick, good runner in behind, like, has pretty good movement, he's showing to feet right next to Zellerayan, who should be the one showing to feet. And so you have these scenarios where like, okay, they both show. And now you're asking like Yaya Boa to run in behind or something. And like, that's just not, that's maybe not the one you want. Um, and so I think that's like a thing where you look at what Nancy did in Montreal, where like he turned Kyoto and not really turned Kyoto was kind of always like this, but just relentless runner in behind. He never got the ball to feet. He just ran in behind. And Kai Kamara, who was like, not fast anymore, just relentless running in behind. Um, so I think that's a big one where I look at it and I'm like, I'm not going to say he's bad. I don't think he's been productive so far. And like, I, you paid a lot of money. Like you paid 10 million for this guy to sit through a rebuild. He's got to give you something. And it's not like, this is always one of the things that I think is difficult but when talking about rebuilds. And MLS is like, there is no benefit to rebuilding slow in MLS. There's no value to the first overall pick. Like, yes, you'll get the odd good player, but like first round value is a dartboard. This is not in the NBA where like tanking is a beneficial strategy. So when you're talking about these rebuilds, like 
he has to be good now. Like that is also good for the young players you are coming through. You don't serve by him resting or whatever. So that to me, I think like you is the biggest challenge with this team where you can fix the midfielders. You can eventually move on from Eli room. You can go get center backs. I like the wing backs that they have. I think Zellerayan in this role is huge improvement and it makes way more sense for his game. Um, it's actually, this is an aside, but uh, Eric Ciacometti, who's like the TFC social media guy, tweeted out Giovinco's free kick against Tigres, the crazy one from like five years ago now. And so I ended up like bored one night watching the whole CCL run back. And mm. Zellerayan played for those Tigres teams as a winger, very high, but very narrow and not like this midfielder in a three that he's been for Caleb Porter. And mm-hmm. he looked unbelievable. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense now. Yeah. Why he's looking good <laughs> this season. That's a fantastic point. I actually remember, I, I remember those Tigres games. Yes. Good call. Um, so I think overall, though, it sounds like this is a project. And so for, for Columbus fans listening, you know, obviously results haven't been phenomenal so far. And, uh, you know, uh, but I, I think you got to be patient. I think there's some good young players there. I think Nancy is a good guy to do this sort of rebuild. As we said, we saw him kind of do it with Montreal a bit. Um, yeah, you know, it's a bummer. Early season, low sample size, be patient. I know that's not a, a fun diagnosis for anybody to hear, but I, I think that's kind of where we got to land on Columbus. Kind of like uh, Vancouver's not going to win CCL. I mean, you know. Hey, they went through that first round, no sweat. I, uh, <laughs> and they have a weirdly good record against LAFC, even though they've been terrible. I don't know what's going on there. I've, uh, you know, I've been wrong before. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be wrong about that, that Vancouver will not win CCL. But, but hey, it would be really funny to watch. So uh, we'll, we'll see it. Um, <laughs> I think it's time for us to go to our favorite segment of the show. Kieran, did you write some trivia questions for us and our, our friends at home? I did. Um so I'll put these in the Patreon afterwards, which will be before they listen to this, but that's okay. I have seven questions this week. One will be a tiebreaker, or I'll just ask okay. it for fun at the end. Um, right. But we'll work through one to six. Again, the themes are vaguely Los Angeles or Columbus-themed. Uh, Ian, I believe you won. Is that is that correct? Were you the last winner that we had? Yes, I believe so. So I will let you go first. The board is yours, one to six. Give me four. Okay. So question four, uh, Ricky Pooge, remarkable talent 2022, maybe not in 2023. Um, from his debut on, which was August 19th, including the playoffs, only two players earned more raw G plus than him. So not position adjusted. Who are those two players? So from August 19th till December 31st, 2022, Two guys, name them. Uh, I can name one of them, I think. Uh, it is one Raji of them Plus? I, uh, was it, was it Buanga was one of them? Buanga was indeed one of them. Okay. And then let's see, late season. Oh, Agata. That is incorrect. Harrison, would Ooh. you like to steal the other? Uh, I'm feeling like it's, it's definitely a... SKC player. Um, but I can't remember his name. 
center back. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, you're talking about the guy that you said wasn't a DP and then was the Spanish center back whose name Fontes. Uh, Fontes no, it's, yeah. it's not Fontes. So I don't, SKC didn't make the playoffs. So they missed out on a lot of games of G plus to accrue. The answer oh. was Chicharito. Chicharito. Wow. Yeah. Really? Man, yeah. So yeah. maybe there's a case to be made there, you know? You know? Yeah. So who knows? One nil to Ian, a handle for Ian. Harrison, you are on the board one through six, except for number four. I'm really mad that he stole four. That's that was that was a shots fired moment. Uh, let's go with number six. Oh, this is a good one. I think uh, a former coach of the year winner and MLS Cup winner who coached both the Crew and the Galaxy. This coach allegedly shared confidential information with his new franchise after leaving the Crew. That was so important, his new franchise was forced to compensate the Crew financially. Siggy Schmidt. That is correct. I, I read that fact. That one of these questions was going to be Siggy Schmidt. I read that fact and could not believe it. So that's cool. Uh, 2-1 to Harrison. Ian, you are up. And Give me number desk. two. Okay, here's, here's a good one. Um, the astute MLS watchers among you may have noticed a furry friend as the mascot of ASA's own It's Called Soccer Package. Voted most likely to succeed from Pluto and Pluto's most eligible bachelor. Mm-hmm. I need you to give me the name of the LA Galaxy's mascot. And I need you to give me the name of one of the crew mascots who have the following little bios. Um, they're two feline friends. One is it's an avid fan. Cosmo. It's just, let's just. Oh, you know it. Go on. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was, that was a layup for, for him. Yeah. Crew no, cat. No I had never. Do you know the other crew mascot? I don't know the. I don't. I only know crew cat. I yeah, only it's, it's recognize a, crew cat. <laughs> it's a dog, isn't is, it? it? No, it's it's all like a tiger, and its name is SC. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. we we only recognize crew cat on this program. Alrighty, well, three two two. Thank you for saving me the very long winded question, uh, Harrison. You are up. Let's go with number three. Number three, uh, Landon Donovan. Dropped the whopping 14 assists from 11XA uh, in his uh, last assist leading season. To this day, he remains the league leader in assists. How many assists does he have? So this is the over-under question. You can either guess the number directly yourself, or you can have Ian set the line. Get at it, Ian. So he had 14 uh, assists, his best assist season. And these are not, these are, I'm not going to say anything. Sorry. This is a total assists, right? Yes, total assists. His whole MLS Oh, just career. like in his whole career? Is that what you're? Yeah, his whole MLS career. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 125. I'm going to take right, the under. You're taking the over. You're going to take the under. Uh, obviously, you can't see this one because there's only over under. Unfortunately, the answer is over. 136. That was a very oh, good man. line. That was a great line. He's he had a lot of assists. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> it, it, for it to be the goal, the goal record was what one thirty five, something like that. And so sure. I was thinking maybe he was. I was thinking about ninety five, pushing a hundred. Yeah, it, mm, I wow. also think these are, these may be like MLS hockey assists. Yeah, that's which what is I was going to ask you those. Uh, which is what I was going to which I was what I was going to clarify, but I wasn't certain. That's so a that's good. That's a, that's a good you call. You never know with MLS right. assists, whether they're real assists yes. or 
Alrighty, well, Ian hangs on to a 3-2 lead. Uh, you have one and five available to you. Give me one. Okay. Um, a two-time MLS Defender of the Year, one of which was with the crew, and a five-time Best 11 winner. This current MLS head coach was the Galaxy's first ever Super Draft selection, going fourth overall in 1996. Um, <laughs> uh, a two-time Defender of the Year and as a current head coach. I... Is it Robin Frazier? Ding, ding, ding. Well Ooh. done. Very well done. Robin Frazier. That, I, thought it, I thought I might mislead you with a Greg Vanny on that one. because he. I, think I was going to say, my, when you first said defender, I was like, Chad Marsh. But then, uh, yeah, head coach. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like, because Robin Frazier, he was LA's first draft pick? Yeah. the In 1996, he went fourth overall. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, he also, like... I don't know. He had, a, he had a bunch of crazy stats. I had no idea that, like, I knew he was a good player, but I didn't know he was this good. Um, well, how many that, caps does someone like that have? Robin he, Frazier doesn't he, have very many. He, not very many. Not no. very many. It's yeah. really, it's really criminal, honestly. Yeah, that's well, he he and he like twenty seven caps. Twenty seven well, caps. That's yeah. okay. You know, I mean, it's not. You expect more from it. It's not like we were just. Well, he I like, think it's he, he, he had he had Chad Marshall syndrome, right? Like he was really yeah. great, but he also came up when there's a lot of other center backs that were also very good. Yeah. So it's it was yeah. Chad Marshall had it was like two or something crazy. Yeah, yeah Chad Marshall has really say. really hardly any twelve but, caps for Chad Marshall. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. That's insane. This, this is I, I'm I'm going to give a quick aside story here. It will be short, I promise. But um, the way from Fraser got into coaching is that when him and Vanny played for the Galaxy, they coached like a local youth girls team, like youth thirteen girls or something, and that was how they started <laughs> coaching. And then when. Um, when like they retired as players, Robin Fraser went to RSL and Vanny went to like a private academy in Arizona. And then Robin ended up at Chivas as head coach and Vanny was his assistant. And then when Vanny got hired at TFC, he brought Robin in as his assistant. So there's like, there's this story about Martin Scorsese that like he directed his like granddaughter's school play. And that kind of reminds me of that. Like, <laughs> Um, you're like you, you're bringing your daughter to like just fun rec league U13, and you've got like two literal MLS all stars like actively playing. And they're like, okay, ladies, let's have fun today. Yeah, let's let's go out. Let's just remember sportsmanship is the most important thing. Incredible. Okay, well, we've got one left for you, Harrison. I will. I you can't catch him. So the last two questions are for fun, or this question and the bonus question are for fun. Um. Sniper alert, this former MLS MVP and LA Galaxy striker is the all-time leader in the ASA database for X-Place, which is the difference between pre- and post-shot XG models in a season, so one season, with over 100 shots. Robbie Who Keen. is that man? No, it is not Robbie Keane. Ian, would you like to add insult to injury? Mm. Okay, one, one more time. MLS MVP, Galaxy yeah. striker, Galaxy maybe, striker. Maybe, maybe, maybe not same team. Uh, all-time leader for X place in a season with over a hundred shots. 
X-Place being the difference between pre- and post-shot models. Oh, and it, it's, it's not... It's it is not, not my fellow countrymen now. Can we count... Um, <laughs> can we count Donovan as a striker? Like he, he played some. Well, the, is that what this player is, that what is a striker, but it is is that your answer or no? I don't know. Yeah, that would that would be my only. I mean, I, I'd ha- you'd have to go back pretty far to find another, like Edson Buttle, maybe somebody like that. It is Mike McGee. Mike McGee. I forgot. Of Mike course, McGee. every. Okay, every Man. there's just any MVP trivia question you should remember Mike McGee because it might <laughs> yeah, be Mike he's McGee. The sne- he's the sneaky one. The MVP makes it tough. Yeah. Would you like to hear the fun bonus one that is much less Let's, topical this week, but absolutely. was very topical if we recorded last week? Absolutely. Let's much do it. like much like his son, Claudio Reyna's career was pockmarked by injuries <laughs> and subsequent lengthy returns to play in worry over re-injury. As such. Which famous World Cup victory taking place in the first game of a tournament did Reyna Sr. miss through injury before returning to be a key contributor later in the tournament? I'll leave it open for anyone to answer. No. That would have been like 90... That would have been like 2002? Could have been. I think he played every World Cup 94 to 06. I think it was 2002. So who did they play the first game of 2002? Uh, I do no not idea. remember. <laughs> famous victory. Maybe not that famous a victory. I assumed it was. Would you like the answer? Yeah, you got to just tell me. 3-2 win over Portugal in 2002. Oh, oh, it yeah. is 2002. I, I didn't think Portugal was their first game. Well, I uh, hope it was because if it was wrong, oh well. This is why it's no. I mean, question. you're probably right. If you've looked it up in the last two weeks, it's definitely like <laughs> I haven't thought about it in 20 years. So, well, I'm going to go with you on that. And another triumphant victory, six-two. The tides have turned. Yeah, you e- are e- Saint Louis. Easily, easily took me. Pulled, pulled easily. an Atlanta v. Portland on you there, didn't I? Didn't I? Oh, can oh, we talk about that classic. free kick for a second? Let's talk about that free kick for like just a second. Holy. Oh my God. Okay, so I watched it. I And so somebody sent it to me because I wasn't watching that game. And I just watched the first replay and I was like, oh, this is a goalkeeping error. This sucks. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? And then I saw the alternate <laughs> angles. Holy. Yeah. It's Dero. It's the Dero free kick. The modern Because Dero's free kick looks really pedestrian until you see that third angle and you're like, yeah. oh, holy, what the? Yeah, that's the same one where you're like, it's, there's no way that ball ends up in the goal. It is the Dero free kick in 4K. I have never been so happy that Apple has been around. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I, 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 I think it was better. I mean, from further out, I, I legitimately cannot Ooh. think of a better free kick I've seen in Major League Soccer. I think D-Row edges it. I think if D-Row is in HD, you, you might lean with it. But it's mm, close. Sure. It's, I, it's, a, it's a defensible position for sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to side with Ian on this. I actually think that it's a little bit better than the D-Row. Uh, that's this my is, personal opinion. The only, erasure. The, only <laughs> thing is, the only thing I think maybe is that Almada's was maybe a bit more savable. So I'd, I'd say like they're probably similar saveable. The thing that D, that gives me gives Dero the edge is Dero's is like a less common angle to score a free kick from. Like yeah. normally you don't see right footer score from wide of the goal on the right side. Like it's very difficult to get it 
around around it in that corner at that speed that that yeah, but, to me is is the selling point also the celebration was way cooler yes yeah i mean clearly <laughs> you do love to see that one in the Almada one, like all the Atlanta players, just like that look of just genuine shock and like, what did he just do? Oh, the rea- I can't I can't remember what player it is, but yeah. there's a there's a reaction from someone who's not in the bunch of players in the box, yeah. looking at it from a distance, and you see you can see his body language react like, oh my god, it's in, and it's yeah. so fun. Great shot, great goal from Tiago Almada, who. Uh, Probably not going to be an MLS player forever. Seems, seems like a good, good player. They might have gotten that one right there in Atlanta. Um, yeah. Oh, we got to spin the wheel of fandom. We do. Oh, my goodness. You're right. Uh, while I do that. Harrison Vamp. Yeah. Uh, I think Columbus are off this already. Okay. Yeah, we're spinning. I have no idea. We're spinning. Okay. Ooh, a fun one. We got Cincy. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I am. I am super into that. All right. Well, we will try to do Cincy next week, uh, assuming nothing comes up. Uh, if not, we'll do two teams in two weeks. And you know who, that's just how it's going to be. You know who had a higher G plus in the first four games of the season than Almeida? Uh, who? Brandon Vasquez last year, twenty twenty one. In the go. first four games right. of twenty twenty two. Yep. Yep. You just you just took one of. Karen's trivia questions away next week, Harris. That's, that, I definitely wouldn't have found that. That's great. That's a good one, though. Uh, That's good. All right. Thank I'm you. Gonna plug, uh, I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug. Because I oh, think this something. will Go come ahead. out first. We're going to have an NWSL preview pod. Yes. Oh, yes. I think this will be out first. So if it's not out first, great. Hopefully you've listened to it already. But if not, go check that out because the previews on the NWSL side are like the most A1. Like it is the. I, they I are love incredible. The, I love the stuff we do here, but I genuinely think that the level of like analytical detail we are putting out for NWSL content, you cannot find higher. anywhere else. You cannot find it anywhere else on the internet. It does not exist anywhere yep. else. So nope. please go check those out. You you tell me a site with better NWSL cover or quality, and I will say, oh, maybe, I don't know, but probably not because I'm biased. It's ASA. No, it's fantastic. Go check that out. They're up right now. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to the program this week. Sorry we missed last week. Um, thank you to my uh, my co-hosts here. Uh, you can find Kieran on Twitter at Kier Doyle. That's K-I-E-R Doyle. You can find Harrison on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Uh, if you're inclined to follow me on Twitter, that's at a handle for Ian. Uh, that's the, the word for F-O-R. Um, follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. More importantly, at Analysis Evolved. And we do have NWSL previews coming out this week. So make sure to check those out. Uh, look for that podcast. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next time. And uh, until then, enjoy the soccer.